Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles, Brian McElfresh, and Doug Gravely. Oh yeah, how you like that, Doug? You have graduated up to being in the actual intro now. How yeah. are you feeling about being in the intro now, Doug? Oh, you know. As much excitement as I show normally, you can't tell, but I'm stoked. It was like a eight-month beta test or whatever, but maybe it worked. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, so this is the CFBDynasty.com College Fantasy Football Podcast. As always, my name is Matt Knowles, and these two dudes up here, Ryan McElfresh, the creator of CFB Dynasty, and Doug Gravely, the guy who newly is in that intro. So guys, last week, we had a crazy week in college football. There were so many games on the East Coast that were delayed by weather that it was crazy. It was unbelievable how many games had two-hour, five-hour, even six-hour delays on the East Coast. Uh, I know that my boys NC State were delayed for an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, their brand-new Jumbotron that they just, for the very first time, were, were having to there for a game, got hit by lightning and got shorted out during the game. Uh, Virginia Tech had a six-hour delay. Um, mm. Did you guys know that by ACC rules, as long as a game restarts by midnight, they can continue playing? <laughs> so, BMAC, Doug, if you're playing a noon game, and you get put back into the locker room, and they say, guys, we got to sit here and wait. We might be restarting this game at 11.59 p.m. <laughs> How are you guys going to handle that? What would you do as an athlete? Pretend you're an athlete now. What <laughs> would you do if you started a game and you got all hyped up, and then they sat you in the locker room for an inordinate and undetermined amount of time and said you might be able to get back out there? How would you handle that? I think I would be a little bit more relaxed than normal. I think like in warm-ups and stuff, I would always carry uh, nervous energy, you know, to go into the into the game. Um, didn't matter how big of a or how much was on the line. If it was a summer league game or a preseason or a regular season or a playoff game that I was in, I'd always have some nervous energy going into the game until you kind of get started or whatever. So I, I think I would have been even more relaxed, but uh, maybe a little bit more stiff, I guess. <laughs> what about you, Doug? I know they talked about a lot of guys literally like took their entire uniform off, got down to just like shorts, uh, just, you know, took a nap in the, in the locker room. This is a family-friendly podcast here. I don't know where you're going with this, Matt. Put, no, I just put on, put on brand new, clean washed uniforms like, so that way they weren't having to put on five hour wet uniforms back on how would you handle that doug so you know growing up playing sports for myself you know we had rain delays not six hours or anything but i don't know i guess man sports were so big for me i was kind of always in game mode whether it was game day or not like i was always ready to play and be active and do something so i probably agree with with bmac in this sense i probably would have been more relaxed i'd be like all right you know get more time to think about the game plan and whatever and you know just playing soccer i wouldn't have had to take a whole you know uniform off 
So maybe take my shin guards off or something, but that would have been it, you know? So it wouldn't have changed too much for me. I don't think, you know, I, I was always like just ready to play, you know, growing up playing sports. So probably would have been fine for me. So basically you're saying you guys feel like you would have, you would have been able to handle it like Audric Estime handled it for Notre Dame. And you would not have been the NC state defense because that game was going one direction before the rain delay happened, NC State pretty much had a handle on the game. They felt like the better team on the field. And then they come back from the rain delay. Here comes Audric Estime. First play back, 80-yard touchdown. Notre Dame never looked back. Notre Dame looked like, the, uh, as Dennis Green would say, they are who we thought they were. And Notre <laughs> Dame was going to be they, – they showed that they're going to be a team to be reckoned with all the way through to the end of the season. And uh, who knows? I said they might be in the top four. They might be in the college football playoff. And they look like a team that's going to be competing. Mm-hmm. You're All right, right, man. They look good. Yeah. I'm so impressed with uh, with Notre Dame so far. And uh, from a fantasy standpoint, figuring out which tight end is going to be uh, great, that's important. And we're starting to see some movement there. And then the running back rotation, again, I, can, I can't wait to see how that evolves because they've got some really good players there. And um, sure, just love what Notre Dame's doing so far. All right, so uh, so BMAC, where do you want to start when it gets down to the actual nuts and bolts of this show? Where are we going first? All right, so we've got um, overall for this show, we're going to go over the surprise performances. Um, we're just going over top performances and then some of the guys that we picked out from last week and focus on last week just for a, a couple moments here. We'll get into uh, the Oaktown segment. You know, he's killing it so far in the, the Open League. Others are not. We'll talk about them, too. Um, we've got the uh, a little bit of the home league review, and then it's all a look ahead to next week. We've got news and notes. We've got wa waiver wire gems that we published on Sunday and always publish on Sunday. We've got our streamers for the week um, and a quick rankings review that, that I'll go over. Then we'll get to our brisket lock and our host battle to close out the segment, our DFS segment, where we bet against each other with our own lineups and reveal our lineups in that moment. I'm killing it in DraftKings so far. So, um, Doug, just follow along. Just follow along. Bet my lineup. Why not? Win some money. <laughs> um, anyways, so for now. I got to win money. My account's looking pretty bleak. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Gage Larvadane. Going with that. Miami of Ohio wide receiver breakout. Like he's got a ton of targets. He's someone that um, broke out last week. 49 fantasy points was the number one fantasy player um, last week. And uh, we'll see if that continues, but uh, obviously worth, worth picking up anyone who has a game like that. Um, and then a tease, an old tease for Matt came in at number two. How do you feel about Omarion Hampton? Let me let me, tell you, North Carolina. <laughs> let, let me tell you, let me tell you, Marion Hampton, I picked him up with an early waiver wire pick last year after he started the season hot, and then he just got lost in the shuffle with so many running backs at UNC. I actually considered dropping him this offseason, but I was like, nah, you know what, I'm going to hold on to him. Um, they felt like he was going to be in the top two running backs, and he has blown up for the first two weeks. If you've got Marion Hampton, 
that is on the waiver wire in your league, run, do not walk. You want to get this guy who got 42 points last week, over 200 yards rushing. That is someone you want on your roster. Matt, it just sounds like you're getting set up to get hurt again this year. I think I might be. I I might be. You never know. You never know. No, I like Hampton a lot, man. Those running backs that they had last year kind of going for the Javante Williams replacement. They had a couple – stud freshman with him and Petaway and then British Brooks was hurt. So, uh, yeah, I like Hampton a lot. I hope he can take over and, and be consistent in his uh, second year of football. Donovan Smith at Houston finished with 42, um, in a shootout game. Uh, Tyler Shuck from Texas tech had 39. He finished in fourth and then, uh, a guy everyone had ranked in their top 10 fantasy rankings going into the year, Bryson Daly, quarterback army 38 fantasy points um who stood out to you guys um i've got one but matt doug who did you guys uh who stood out to y'all doug i'll let you go first here but give you that honor so uh jacoby george receiver from miami uh 29 points huge game it's it's been it's been a uh a big question mark who's gonna step up at receiver for them who's gonna you know, take the running back lead. Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? You know, and if Jacoby George can, you know, find separation, put up, you know, performances like that, then hopefully we start seeing the Van Dyke of old over there too. Uh, make, you know, Miami football fun for those fans again. But Van Dyke for sure looks strong, man. And George is cheap again on, on DraftKings this mm-hmm. week. So, yeah, you're right. If whoever it is is going to be that guy. Um you know, we talked about Arroyo going into the year, but he hasn't even played yet. Um, but if George becomes the guy, then he's going to be startable every week, looking at yep. Miami's schedule, looking at how Van Dyke's throwing the ball around and how that O-line's protecting him in a big game against a super talented Texas A&M squad. So um, I like George. I've picked him up in a couple leagues um, just to see, you know, will he be that guy? Um, if he is, he's probably uh, a, a cheap get for you either way. Mm-hmm. How about you, Matt? I was impressed with uh, Stays, the tight end from Notre Dame. Um, he was able to uh, pick up some slack, look like, you know, he, he might be a, a worthy replacement for Mayor up there at uh, Notre Dame. And um, he just is getting a lot of targets, and he made the most of them. It wasn't like he was getting, you know, six receptions for 20 yards total. I mean, he was actually doing something with it and, and was a legit – uh, vertical passing game threat. So I think he's somebody to keep your eye on. Yeah, love it. And uh, he was listed and recruited to be, um, you know, obviously he was a, a big-time recruit for Notre Dame. So they always get great tight ends, though. So that one, that one's interesting. For me, I've got Byron Brown. Now he's got a matchup where you're not going to start him this week uh, as USF hosts Alabama. But he is a, a dual-threat you know, listed as a freshman and uh, scored 34 points last week. But someone, because of the offense he's in with the the head coach that they have, he can take off and be, uh, especially if you're in a keeper or a dynasty league, like he could be someone that starts for you for years down the road. Um, He's a a breakout candidate, um, super fast if you watch his highlights, and uh, a pretty good arm too. So, in a great offense for future production. I like Byron Brown a lot. All right, good stuff. Just a little quick programming note. So you guys know 
Um, feel like my house has been cursed. About a month ago, got hit by actually I got my house hit by lightning and uh, lost a lot of items in here. I've been limping to get back on. Last night, I think my neighborhood got hit by lightning and knocked out the internet here. So I've been on the um, the, the city Wi-Fi and it has been in and out all morning. So if for some reason I drop off the pod, it's not because BMAC and Doug have pissed me off. Uh, it's because the internet has pissed me off and it's decided I don't need to be a part of the podcast. So if that happens, that's why. It's uh, on my end. You sound fine, mm-hmm. but you're just not moving much on the video, and it's it's that's making okay. a good um, <laughs> potential like screenshot Matt moments here, though. How like, about this? I just speak just like this the whole time. I'll do this, and I'll talk just like this. That way, there's always going to be some kind of interesting thing happening down here. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess we've got we've got the open review real quick here. Um, we talked about we were going to get into some fun stuff here, and and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw myself under the bus here and just one and three is not acceptable for me. So uh, I got to start figuring something out. I might have to go like travel, even though I don't like to fly, but go talk to my players and give them a a pep talk or something because this this one and three thing is not going to work out for me if it stays like this so so you know danny was really complaining on the discord or on our our home league uh channel and i happen to agree with him like i think the all the double headers the first couple weeks kind of suck man like there's just so many mismatches where it's it's kind of like a it's a it's a game of luck like um for example, in the home league, I'm 2-0, and but definitely shouldn't be. It's just Matt organized the schedule for me to be good. Um, <laughs> and I appreciate that a lot. Um, whereas, you know, points-wise, I'm like bottom four so far. And then points-wise in the open league, I'm definitely near the bottom. And... Uh, while it kind of stinks, like everything levels out as you get into week four, week five, and throughout the rest of the season up until week 12. So uh, really, I just hope in any league that I'm in that's just totally like head-to-head based, I'm hoping to be 500 going going after the first uh, you know two to three weeks. Yeah, like in our home league, man, I'm hoping to play Brian soon because I've literally got like, you know, and I know I played one extra game, but I didn't score 200 points. But that gum, <laughs> you know, I want to play, play a team that's averaging 140 points a week. I'm down. Yeah. For, My- for the for the record, for all of you haters that are out there, the way our home league schedule is designed, we have we make sure that you play everybody in your division twice, outside of division opponents once in a 10 week span. You have a single game in week one and week 10, and then every other segment inside the schedule is a pod so in weeks two and three you'll have one double header between those two weeks two and two uh, one double header and four five six seven eight nine so yes at the beginning of the season you've got some of the mismatch weeks but normally two and three are pretty equal as far as how many mismatch games there are so just by the luck of the draw you get those if we can fix anything i wouldn't want to fix anything about the double headers i'd want to fix the fact that the college fantasy season semifinals happens when the sec and every other conference in the country decide to schedule high school teams yeah. in week 12 
it's really what the can same you do? as week one or two. It really yeah, is. Yeah, but what yeah. can you do? I mean, it's it's just a part of the part of the thing. And as my late brother used to say, more games equals more fun. So that's this kind of this how we subscribe. Yeah, I'd be I'd be really interested in some uh, <clears throat> some uh like interesting solutions if anyone out there has some ideas. So for me this week, man, I lost to Doug with this sat. I took Matt's brisket lock, got me 0.2 points. Mm, solid. <laughs> and then my first round pick got me 0.8. Thanks, Brock Bowers, against Ball State. So um, that's another one of those just luck of the draw. If he gets a touchdown in the first quarter, I'm good. If he doesn't, uh, I'm out of luck. And Javante Barnes got me 0.7. So some of these things are just going to even out over time. It's just a trash start to the year. Um, and this is supposed to be all about Oaktown because he is killing it so far. He's killing it. But I all I do is win, win, win against Steelers Pride. And that game, Steelers Pride edged him out by 0.1 points this week in an epic Oof. battle. <laughs> so those are the ones that you want to win. And then you you look at uh the loser of that matchup um had some injury mishap had cj dupree get him zero points at tight end it's just it's one of those things man the first few weeks is just frustrating and so so you guys i got i got a question for you we talked about this a little before we got on but i think this is something we want to explore here on the pod would you rather be in a game where you lose by 0.1 points or a game where you get blown out by 70. You can't pick one of those in the middle. It's got to either be you lose by a fraction or you get blown out. Which yeah. one would you rather have? Easy. I'd rather get blown out very yeah, easily. I've been there, and I don't want to ever be there again. Same, same. Because you're just I, I on it the whole freaking day watching college football. Especially and once the Band-Aid's ripped off and you've lost, you can kind of, uh, you know, whatever, have some scotch and chill out and be all right. But – um. I don't know. Maybe you carry oh. anger through the whole off season like me sometimes. I, I, uh, I can tell you, I, pretty rough. I would, I would rather, I'd rather lose by a blowout because like you said, when you lose closely, you remember that stuff. I still remember mm. over 20 years ago, losing to Brian in Baffle probably season five, which is now in season 27 because the Atlanta Falcons decided that they were going to run with Michael Vick on fourth and five, and he gets a 45-yard touchdown instead of kicking the field goal, which was obvious. <laughs> and BMAC wins the championship on that. You remember when you lose in heartbreaking fashion. I don't give a crap when I get my butt beat. Like the championship for me last year. Lost to Gordy by .2. So, so, so is this what, – what, what happened there? So, so, you, so you didn't come in first. What happened? I stormed my life, bro. I am second. <laughs> <laughs> So real quick too, uh, kind of want to point this out because I know Carissa for sure loves when we pick on her on here. Um, so those of you that know that Carissa made the announcement for the Open League, just want to point out, Carissa, that you are 0-4. So as much as I don't like being 1-3, you need to go give your players a pep talk too because there is something not clicking with your team right now. So you gotta you got to step this up, girl. Or I think, I think one of you guys circle are, on my schedule that I'm like, okay, I don't even have to look at my lineup this week. I think one of you guys in the office needs to go to her and let her know the season has actually started already. 
uh, because I mean, I don't, I don't know if she has her, her lineup is not playing like they started. And you know what? We can't forget about old Klee Shreen here. If you were a part of the draft 24 team <laughs> league outside of Steelers pride and myself, Klee Shreen was probably the biggest trash talker in there, dude. <laughs> you gotta back it up, man. Holy mackerel, your team is getting whooped. Come on, man. You gotta back it up a little bit. I'm looking forward to that week when uh him and Chris will play each other. See what happens. Hmm. Well, Doug, are you ready? It looks like Matt's frozen over there. Are you ready for some news and notes? And I'm ready. So I post up- news yeah. and notes around college football. So apologies, guys I'm, and gals. I'm still getting used to the, the segments here. I like them a lot, and they'll keep me in line here eventually. I'm just such a such a goer. So uh, I posted up in Discord yesterday a bunch of news and notes, and there's not really a whole lot of new stuff. I'll go over a couple of those, the, the main ones. But, um, yeah, that works. You know, Lad McConkey. So I posted in Discord yesterday that he was day-to-day. Well, Apparently, Kirby Smart said that he is still not able to practice from a back injury. So, although it says questionable, I'd watch that one really closely, um, especially with him still not being able to practice. That receiver from Georgia, I don't, you know, it's going to be a hard start if if he's not practicing at all and he hasn't practiced in weeks. Um, you've got Trey Harris. We had somebody ask me yesterday in Discord about Trey Harris. He was not observed at practice yesterday. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if he had a doctor appointment. I don't know. But he did have a lower body lower body injury. So apparently um, it may be a little bit more serious than we thought if he's not on the practice field. And Ole Miss, <laughs> to go along with Trey Harris here. So Ole Miss, it has to be the most – beat up team that i've seen so far this year like two of their tight ends are out two of the receivers are out running backs kind of in and out that i mean so just be cautious with with a lot of people from ole miss right now if you have judkins just play that guy because he's probably going to be the feature at ole miss for for a while till a lot of these guys come back because you've got like pre-scorn who's just now hitting the training room still not really practicing but he's in the training room. So Zachary Franklin, doubtful this week. So there's just a lot of injuries at Ole Miss right now. So be careful if you got some Ole Miss guys. And still, one of the biggest ones of the season right now is Keithy. He, uh, he said that he hopes to return soon. No idea what that means. Yeah, um, He even admitted that the knee injury is taking longer to recover from than everybody thought. So, you know, that's probably one of the biggest. And then you've got Rocket Sanders, who's out again this week. Um, and Whaley from Wyoming. A lot of people loved this guy coming into the season. He's apparently supposed to be back this week. But how many carries he's going to get, we don't know. So I always wait. I always wait to give – let's give them a week. Unless there's like a clear report that they're good to go and they're going to get a ton of snaps. You really don't know. Um, it could be similar to um, to Corey and Clark from UTSA who – was in warmups he played he got like maybe one catch maybe uh for like a a super small maybe two yards or something like that 
and or maybe it was negative yards. I can't quite remember. Anyways, he was just used as a decoy, and that's obviously what you want to yep. avoid. So as you're looking for players to replace some of these um, injured players or, or whatever, players that may have lost their starting job, like out at Colorado State, um let's uh let's get into some waiver wire gems and uh talk about that before we move along let's move this show along here yeah go ahead waiver wire gems all right so um we've got a few guys in here and we try and base this we push this out on sundays um before your waivers run and it's based on roster percentage and fan tracks. Like we're, we've got players listed. They're all like rostered in less than 50% of the leagues. So we have that stat all the way off to the right um, in our waiver wire gems post. So some of these are, are really surprising. Like uh, Chandler Morris is only owned in 42% of leagues. I think he's a, you know, week in week out starter for you we had him ranked in our top 10 quarterbacks for the year and um they're gonna be throwing a ton he's a dual threat guy Braden shager still for hawaii even though they've got a tough matchup this week against oregon wouldn't start anyone from hawaii this week but uh i like him going forward we've got byron brown um like we talked about tough matchup against alabama this week um but yeah, there's some others out there as you go down the list a little bit. Like Mikey Keene is someone that more people should be paying attention to. Available big in a time. lot of leagues, man. Big time. Yeah. That's, that's a big yeah. to me. Big shocker to me that he's out there as many leagues as he is. In the home league, too. He's rostered in 26% of leagues only, and he's someone who's going to be uh, great uh, for the for the rest of the year. Um, so we've got uh, a bunch of others there listed out at uh, wide receiver. So, you know, Gage Larvidane, for example, points, uh, number one in points this past week, only rostered in 8% of leagues. Um, so we've got some good ones out there. Jacoby George, who Doug mentioned earlier, rostered in 4% of leagues. He could end up being the top guy at Miami. We'll see over time on that one. And, um, one that I like that's listed at the bottom, uh, Kobe Pesor for mm-hmm. UNC. Um, you know, he may not have a ton of touchdowns yet, but he uh, he's going to be featured. And I think because he's a younger player, like he'll just get better as the, the season progresses. And, a little and bit. more and more involved, too, with, you know, the unfortunate news of Tez Walker not playing at all this year. So, yep. Yep. That's for sure. All right. So. Let's move along to the streaming part of the show. Let's go streaming. All right. If you don't know what streaming is, it's basically, um, you know, you're picking up a defense or a wide receiver or whatever for a a short spurt of time uh, where you plan to pick them up and, and drop them later. So you're looking for, you know, who's the, like at Colorado State, they don't have a great matchup this week. Uh, it's debatable, but I still wouldn't pick them up and start them. But, you know, they've made a change at uh, quarterback one there. So that's someone that you could pick up and stream for a week 
if you if you happen to have like injury issues at that position or you've got tough matchups or whatever someone that you're going to pick up and use and dump most likely uh down the road but um let's see here doug who do you have for your streamer this week who are you looking at so although the matchup is not favorable with them playing ohio state i still am really excited to see what easton messer does for western kentucky um 10 targets last week nine receptions he he's a freshman appears to kind of be filling in these roles when <laughs> their other receivers aren't doing what you would think a typical wide receiver wide receiver from western kentucky should do oh yeah so um you know when you've got a freshman that's getting you know 10 targets that's great honestly so again ohio state not a favorable matchup but they could chuck the ball out because they got to score some points this week so he's probably a pick up and then let go or could even be a pick up and stay kind of guy depending yeah. on what he does against ohio state but yep. being a freshman and he's only drafted in one percent of fantasy leagues right now so and i think that western kentucky ohio state game is we're gonna something we're gonna talk about a little bit more later too because it's tough when you got guys that are studs and they're playing against stud defenses do you play them do you sit them <laughs> are there guys that are impervious to the opponent and you just play them no matter what so i think that's something we're going to talk about a little bit more as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For me as a streamer, I want to see how Andrew Anthony plays. And yeah, I think like you, Doug, this is one of those guys you might pick up and then just keep around. So it's going to be weird to see what happened. Oklahoma so far, they've played Arkansas State 173 nothing, And then they played SMU 128-11. And so, you know, there's about almost 500 yards of passing offense from Gabriel. And if you, you know, Oklahoma offense as a whole has, uh, you know, just under 600 yards. Andrew Anthony's the leading guy, 10 receptions, 142 yards, but they've spread it around a ton. So will it be Jaden Gibson and all the talent that he has? All the hype in the preseason was about Jalil Farouk, and he's got two catches so far. Um, so we'll see. The Farouk story right there. The Farouk story, chapter by chapter, is this the same? <laughs> it's the same book over and over, right? Um, so we'll see uh, if uh, how that kind of shakes out. Really, it's the same at running back. Is it Tway Walker? Is it Marcus Major? Probably not. Is it Javante Barnes, who had uh, a bunch of carries, but he's only averaging 3.6, and he did nothing last week. Tway um, looked good. Yeah, so, yeah, Tway's averaging 5.6 yards a carry, the most on the team. Well, tied with uh, Jackson Arnold, um, backup quarterback there. So uh, those are some streamers. We'll have more and expand that segment as it goes along. It's it's a great one. It kind of uh, is in line with waiver wire gems, but um, it's a, a little bit different. So for now... Um, let me throw the screen uh, share up to go over just briefly some rankings. Had a question on yeah, we got a, we got a, we got a good question on the Discord. And I think it's Discord, something that yep. a lot of a lot of people might be wondering that they want to understand where the rankings actually come from. So we had a great question from Q. Just Q. He doesn't need the rest of a name. Just Q. <laughs> Are the rankings based? Only on analytics. 
because McMillan from Arizona had a really good week last week, but I feel like he's a very high ranking this week, especially for a game that isn't projected to be very close. So BMAC, we're going to throw this over to you as the guy that is behind everything on the back end of CFB dynasty. Is it just based on analytics or is there any human feel that could go in there as well for the week? There's definitely a human element in these rankings. Um, so it's all based on data. Um, I'm someone who needs the data to be able to make educated decisions on that kind of stuff. And while the point is 100% accurate on McMillan, also there's so many blowouts still this week. So it's, it's kind of difficult um, when you've got, you know, Ohio State, and their receivers also playing nobodies, et cetera. So we list out a lot of the data that we use for the rankings just because I think people might be interested in it. In reality, maybe people would just rather have a one and the player and the logo, <laughs> and then the rest of it's for me. But anyways, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of it based on analytics, matchups, and also consistency, which is so valuable in fantasy you don't want to have that guy who um you have a low confidence in he might have a boom game here or there but then he's averaging five points a game the rest of the, the way so we do have tools coming out that will be 100 percent based on analytics and algorithms um but uh not this one this one definitely has a, a human element to it so yeah i appreciate those kinds of questions well, and be back to, to your to your point about the about the the stats and the numbers. I think it's great to have them up there because even though there is always going to be a human element to how you rank, if somebody is to question, you can look back and you can show them, hey, there is analytics behind it with the human element, like you just said. Uh, you can you can prove why you have somebody where it is. If you just anybody can just throw random names on a screen, that's easy. But you're saying, hey, there's actually some data that goes in there. Sometimes you're going to go against the data, and that's the personal element. But having that data there just shows the extra level of commitment that CFB Dynasty has to uh, putting the right information out there for you to make your own educated guess. Yeah, it's yeah, you're right, Matt. And it is supposed to be a tool um, for you to use. We rank it how we want. You might value it a little bit differently because it's kind of a little bit of a feel game, right? You look at our quarterback one for the week. Bo Nix, um, he's averaging 36 fantasy points a game, uh, very consistently around that number too so far um, through two weeks only. And uh, But the over-under for the game he's a part of is 67. Um, however, it's a huge 37.5-point spread, so that would leave you with Oregon ending the game at around 52 and their opponent ending the game at around 15. So is Bo Nix going to play a half? Is he going to play three quarters? Um, these are the kinds of questions that really suck, like Matt alluded to earlier in the show, when you get into the fantasy semifinal and it's Alabama hosting Middle Tennessee State and you're like, mm, I wonder how much, uh, you know, Jace McClellan's going to play. Will he get eight touches instead of the, the 20 he's been averaging over the last eight weeks? Um, that kind of stuff is a guess. And that's why this is a tool for you, um, hopefully to use the data and, you know, kind of uh, 
make your own judgment as to who you should start because everybody's roster is different, right? Like you might have Finn against Tyler Shuck, and we've got them close to close to each other there. Finn and Toledo, they're they're going to be in a close game, so I know Finn's going to play the whole game. Um, Texas Tech with uh, a trash opponent, it's going to be in all likelihood. We don't know based on their week one performance, but in all likelihood, it should be a beatdown, and Shuck should get out of there, and the the backups will get some reps here uh, in the second half. So it's tough, it really is. But um, looking forward to next week when we're all in conference play for the most part all right so does this put us down to where we're actually at the uh looking at the brisket lock we're going to rankings first you want to go to the rankings first don't you be mad yeah so that's all that's all listed out here um we're sharing it on the screen um if you're watching on youtube but we've got some we've gone over some of the quarterbacks there Running backs, it's a lot of the same struggles this week where you've got Marcus Carroll against UNCC. He's um, averaging 35 fantasy points a game. And uh, Ashton Genty, 31.5 fantasy points a game playing against uh, North Dakota. So, And I think I think the thing to look out with Genty there as well, last week, Halani and Street Clothes on the sideline. We talked about... Um, earlier in the season that this is probably going to be Genty starting to take over that role instead of it just being by committee. Um, if Halani is injured and he's out for any amount of time, and especially in a game like this where there's not any reason to bring Halani back, um, Genty could start to be the guy that's going to get the lion's share of those carries and lion's share of those stats um, for, for Boise State. So, uh, you know, that's why that's why you see a guy like Genty up at the top of the rankings and not down a little bit lower because he's not really in a committee situation mm-hmm. as long as Halani is injured. Yeah, and and I totally get it. Like, let's say you had all three of the top three guys. Um, you have Carroll, you've got Genty, and you've got Judkins, and you could only start two of them. Um, totally understand if you would start Judkins over Genty or Carroll, but that's where this is just, you know, a tool for everyone to use. But one guy I wanted to call out, especially if this guy has been dropped in your leagues, just pick him up now before he blows up. Marquez Cooper um, and Ball State finally play an opponent that is level or inferior to them. It's going to be far inferior to them this week, Indiana State. Um, They've played Georgia last week and someone else really tough week one. So far this year, he looks out of place because he's averaging 3.2 fantasy points a game so far. But he's going to have a ton this week. Um, and, and I'm sure Ball State will feature Marquez Cooper. Two SEC schools this year. They started with yeah. Kentucky and then went to Georgia. Yeah. So Marquez Cooper, if he's available, pick him up now. If he's someone you can trade for because the owner's feeling like it's been a big disappointment so far, get him i know some leagues in the discord they've talked about that he's been dropped already that's insane that's, that's insanity insane. that's insanity um, i don't know was... if our owner will trade him though I don't... <laughs> yeah that that was the main one and then receivers are the hardest to rank because you know we're looking for players that get targets that's the the most you know touchdowns are not a metric that you rely on early on where someone might have like Roman Wilson's got five touchdowns so far, but he also has the the bulk of the targets at Michigan. So Jamari thrash is another one. Holy cow. 
what value he's got this week in DraftKings. But anyways, um, those are there. The rankings are up. Um, of course, if you have questions, pop into the Discord. Hit me up anytime. And um, I'm excited to see how you guys use the tool. And um, your feedback is, is super important and uh, always welcome. So we appreciate that. All right. So now it's time for us to jump into one of the most impressive, the most fun segments every single week, the brisket lock. Here we go. It's time for the brisket lock. So what do you guys think about the new bumpers that we have? BMAC has gone out. they got some new bumpers. I think that uh, I think they're really cool, man. I think that they're coming out well. What do you guys think? We want to know in the Discord what your thoughts are in the comments on this video right now. What your thoughts are on these new bumpers that are being worked on? I think they're I think that they're definitely a level up there for sure. So for you guys out there that don't know what the brisket lock is, it's somebody that we feel individually is going to overperform, outperform their rankings um, on our list. It can't be somebody in the top ten, top fifteen. It's got to be somebody that you think is really uh, undervalued at the moment. Um, last week, we'll make sure that we uh, we give you what our rank is. Well, last week, last week I took Nick Nash from San Jose State, who had been crushing it: 19 targets, 13 receptions, 120 yards, and three TDs. And he did not do me wrong. He came into the game last week and he had a crushing, unbelievable one reception for negative three yards. Nick Nash, you went straight from the uh, brisket lock to the milk carton. I am disgusted. You better pick it up, son. BMAC, Doug, how did your brisket locks perform from last week? Um, mine was uh, very mediocre. <laughs> um, <laughs> Irvin, Irvin played against Colorado, and, you know, I, I just – for me, it's hard to get behind – Irvin right now with how much potential I think he has um, because, and this isn't on Irvin, it's solely on the fact that I think Jeff Sims sucks. So, um, Oh, that's some big words. And when you don't have a quarterback that can keep an offense on the field for more than 10 seconds of drive, you you know, your running backs aren't going to get any, get, get involved at all. So, um, you know, if if your quarterback is going to lead the league in interceptions and rushing yards, it's kind of weird. So, BMAC, be prepared to be getting some Jeff Sims hate mail at the uh, CFB Dynasty offices. <laughs> For me, I had Caleb Hood. He did good. He played. They played against UAB, and he went, ended with eight catches, seventy yards, and a touchdown through the air. Um, so, uh, I like that. I like that. I'll take that. He's a, a backup for me this week, though, because they're playing playing Wisconsin. But I like him a lot Wisconsin. this week. All right. So who do we have for this week for the Briscoe Locks? We, we showed you, hey, last week we went with the numbers. I went with the numbers on Nick Nash and uh, a lot of the West Coast receivers um, that that have been killing it, had some weaker, weaker uh, performances last week. Who do we think are going to be the Brisket Locks for this week? Doug, we're going to start with you. All Who right. is your brisket lock and why? Um, I'm going Riley Leonard against Northwestern this week. We've got him 49th on our quarterback rankings, which 
I could see him easily being top 20. Um, I just like what Duke is doing right now and think Riley Leonard is, you know, (laughs) the reason. I think he's just going to – hopefully one of my brisket locks this year is actually a lock, and I'm hoping Riley Leonard gets me a – gets me started on that role but i think riley leonard is a great player smart and i think he's going to outperform where we have him ranked oh the confidence is just oozing for you well i can guarantee my guy is going to kill it this week (laughs) i think stefan cobbs from boise gets it rolling against a trash opponent their passing attack has been kind of trash so far this year and he's there you know unquestioned wide receiver one or at least going into the year that's what Everyone assumes. So let's see Cobbs get it rolling. Let's get a deep shot to Cobbs in early in the game. Um, and uh, I like him this week. He's our, our wide receiver 50. He would be higher if the passing attack was better, but that is where the brisket lock comes in. Let's see him get it rolling and get it rolling early. This, this would be the week he gets it going because I don't have him on my DFS. I think I think that the, uh, the biggest thing for Cobbs – is can Cobbs get over the Butterfingers drop that he had in week one that cost Doug the DFS battle in week one? <laughs> but also, uh, there's a lot of injuries on the Boise State team. Right now. Taylor Green was, uh, he uh, took a big hit in the game this past week, and so he was kind of having to limp through. Even the announcers are like, he's just not looking right. So if he's able to come back and be strong, then that might be the uh, the medicine that, that Cobbs needs. So I'm going to go with the guy that I've had my eye on since last year, and he's had three straight solid weeks. He's at number 19, so he's right on the cusp of whether he's really a brisket lock or not. But if you've got Shepard from Vanderbilt, you want to go get him immediately. Shepard has already this year had 30 targets, as BMAC said earlier. You want guys that have got targets coming their way. He has had targets of 8, 8, and 12 or around there. I know those numbers don't add up, but it's uh, it's uh, he's had at least 8 targets every game. 20 receptions, 217 yards, and six touchdowns. So the guy's got tons of targets, tons of receptions, yards, and six scores. And his Vanderbilt team is playing against UNLV this week. Love this pick, Matt. I think that Shepard is going to go berserk this week. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And, And real quick, for those of you guys out there, we did not do any coordination this week. We know you guys, when you think about fashion, the first place you think about is cfbdynasty.com. We did not hate week. We didn't, we did not coordinate all this blue on here today. What do you guys think about all the blue on the show this week? Do you want us to try and have more coordinated outfits? (laughs) It's just a sign that Florida is going to win on Sunday or Saturday. (laughs) Oh boy. Oh boy. The question is if they do not, how long will it be until we see Brian again? You might not ever see me again. <laughs> All right. With that being said, we have one last thing to talk about this week, and that's our DFS, DFS. host battle. All right. All right, BMAC, that's the best bumper of the show right there. <laughs> I, I, I fully approve of that bumper. Well done. I the approve DFS, it just because you, you know, cut Matt off, so. That's right. Oh, dang. So, so listen, so, 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 so listen, the guy who's going to run his mouth right now, whose name is I am second. I am third. Even, didn't even sniff second place this past week. 
the first week our DFS battle was within two points for all three of us. Doug basically took the week off and let me and BMAC battle it out to see who was going to come in first. Yep. So BMAC, you want to go over last week's DFS battle and uh, explain to people how bad Doug did? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was rough. <laughs> I was somewhere up around 200, which is where you want to target like a, a minimal score. If you're going to compete in these big player pools, which I've kind of mixed it up so far. I've been in a lot of 50-50 matchups and where it's like a, I find as many people, a big a pool that I can find because I think there's going to be more dumb people in that pool. And so if if you can have a $50, 50-50 shot, which basically you bet 50 bucks, you win 100 if you're in the top, you know, 50%-ish. So, uh, of course, DraftKings has to get their cut. So it's not a, exactly... 50 percent but um anyways um yeah uh doug had like 103 ish yeah 103 <laughs> buddy <laughs> that was a rough week that's all right you'll bounce back this week you're gonna need to i do need to because <laughs> my bank account is like 76. all right so we're we going over our lineups for this week be back yeah let's do it all right so doug where who do you got for for the lineup this week all right so at quarterback I have Jordan Travis. Um, then what's his cost? Ninety-seven. Oof. Pricey. Pricey. You know, I, I gotta try to. I gotta try to figure something out here. So you know, I gotta. I gotta go with at least one or two expensive guys because I gotta. <laughs> I gotta get back on track here. It's gonna drive me nuts. Then I went with a guy that hasn't played yet, um, but I think he will get his share. And he was cheaper, so I went with Edwards from Georgia for five thousand at running back. Mm-hmm. Like that. Then Martinez for sixty four hundred out of Oregon State. Doug, stop picking all these guys that I have on my team, man. What is the problem here? <laughs> this is clearly means that I'm going to be fighting for not first if Doug and I have picked picked similar rosters. We're going to fight for second, buddy. <laughs> and I hope I at least get second again. <laughs> Um, then I went with Brian's boy, Brock Bowers, at 4700 I went with Keon Coleman from Florida State to give me that that stack that I usually like to get with, with these type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny Wilson's kind of had a case of the dropsies, so I think Coleman is going to get more target shares there. And then I went with Thrash at 5300 Crazy value, right? Crazy, yes. Then Omar Cooper Jr. for Indiana at four thousand. Um, last week he was targeted eleven times, seven receptions for one hundred and one yards. Just nice. throwing that out there. And last but not least, I went with Estime from Notre Dame at seven thousand eight hundred in my super flex. All right, so I don't even have to go over half of my guys because half of my guys are the same guys that Doug picked. So I got Jordan Travis at 9,700 of my quarterback, Damian Martinez at 6,400 as running back, and I've got Coleman from FSU at 6,500 as one of my receivers. I think you copied me, but it's fine. I got uh, Jawar Jordan, Yep. Uh, who is at 5,500 as one of my running backs. LSU, I got Brian Thomas Jr. 
at 7,000 as one of my wide receivers. Then I've got from the green wave, Lawrence Keys the third. I had one him of my... on my lineup and took him out. So, Me Matt, too. you're yep. lucky that we don't have another one this day. Yep. He's 6,000. My flex this week, I've got Damon Bankston. Damon Bankston, who is only at $3,000. If you look at his statistics, he seems incredibly undervalued at 3,000. He's got 35 attempts, 263 yards, and five touchdowns on the season. Mm. And then at my super flex, I had to take a chance. The matchup is absolutely horrible, but Austin <laughs> Reed is still going to probably get his points, even though he's playing against one of the best defenses in the country. I feel like because of the defense he's playing, he's incredibly undervalued at 5,500, and it allowed me to be able to use some money in other places. So that's why I've got Austin Reed, the quarterback for Western Kentucky. Hate the matchup. Hate the fact that he's playing at Ohio State. But hopefully he's going to be able to uh, keep me one step ahead of Doug. Well, my roster has some of the same players as y'all and, you know, makes sense. But uh, I set it up so differently. So I'm looking for value right off the bat, and then I'll, I'll plug and play there. I've got Doug's brisket lock. At quarterback, Riley Leonard, uh, Duke's at home against Northwestern, and he's $6,700. So I like that a lot with his dual threat ability there. Uh, Joar Jordan at 5500 I feel like is an incredible value. I've got Nick Singleton uh, for Penn State at $6,300. Um, and then, yeah, Brock Bowers is a must, must start. Like, he's going to have a bounce back game. They're playing at home against South Carolina. $4,700. Uh, yeah, $4,700. Um, I've got Luther Burden, which I will say is a risk a little bit. Um, he's been a feature. He's been great this year. Um, last year, I think he had one, maybe two catches um, when they played against Kansas State. So um, I like him, though, a lot. And he's averaging 22 a game, and he's only 5900 NFL player. Uh, in the future for sure. And then, yeah, I've got thrash as well from Louisville, 5,300 got to start him uh, at that price. So I feel like I've got great, great value, which has enabled me to kind of put some, uh, some better players in my flex. Like you guys had some, you know, good gems. Uh, it sounds like at 3000, like Matt had and, and Doug had one as well, but I've got Braylon Allen in my flex um at 7500 and then at super flex i've got drew aller uh for penn state um so we'll see i look forward to seeing how a, another week goes here matt took week one i took week two it's your turn doug as long as i scored no, 104 not. points i did better than last week so it's not doug's turn nope not at all <laughs> All right, so BMAC, is there anything else you want to talk about on the show before we head on out of here and our with our blue clad selves? What you we're got? Like, we're like twelve or so subscribers away from two hundred on YouTube, so that'll that'd be really beneficial for us. Um, and uh, no, we'll do the DFS show all Saturday morning, focused on DFS. The whole like the last segment was, but it's a whole segment on sleepers and. Uh, all the different lineups and things that we feature. The one that I bragged about sheepishly, because I'm not, uh, I'm not a hot takes guy. I'm not someone who's going to come out 
um, and be super confident. But I was super confident in this lineup. <laughs> and it went four for four. I wish I would have just added a zero to all the money that I put behind it. And I feel like I have a better one this week. So I, I'm excited about that one. All right, well, good stuff. So uh, this weekend, I know you guys are going to be having the show on Saturday morning. Um, this weekend, I'm going to be at Ocala Comic Con on Saturday morning. Three of the next four weeks, I'll be at a convention on Saturday mornings. Um, so uh, hope you guys have a great show on Saturday morning. Hope we have another great week of college football. Another, another great week of pro football, man. If you're a Miami Dolphin fan, you had fun during that game. If you're a New York Jet fan, not so much. Two games tomorrow, guys. Two college games tomorrow. Uh, well, looking the, the forward Jets to it. won, though. The Jets won, but man, talk about hard knocks and everything being based on Aaron Rodgers. But the thing that you go, if you didn't watch hard knocks, one of the, the most interesting made for TV moments was Gibson, the punt returner, was a big focus of hard knocks. And they focused on him. Is he going to be a rookie for agents? Going to make this, make the team? And even in the last week, they showed how he actually made the team as a special teamer. And that dude goes in, how poetic, wins the game on a punt return in overtime. That was pretty cool. I hate seeing it because I'm because I'm not a Jets fan, but I'm also not a Bills fan either. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So that being said, I guess we are we are out of here for the week. We will see you guys next time on the CFBDynasty.com podcast. See ya. Thank you for listening to the CFB Dynasty podcast. Help us out by subscribing on YouTube and reviewing us on your podcast network.